0: good. So hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. I am Michael and I am here tonight to do a detention show, which is our every other week sort of talk show. We talk about role-playing games and other silly stuff. Uh, joining me tonight is Calum from the Roll East podcast. Caleb, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. And then we have a special guest co-host tonight. It's Susanna from the Thornvale podcast, which is a Monster of the Week actual play. Susanna, say hello to everyone. Hey, what's up, Bill? So... Anyone who's watching now or maybe in the future may not be as familiar with you as they are with me and Caleb. So who are you? What do you do? Tell us about your show.
1: Yeah. So um, I am somewhat new to uh, RPGs. I only really started um, doing it like a, a year and a half maybe ago and i can talk i can talk about that later if you want but yes but uh since then i i I started listening to the first R- the first rpg podcast i ever listened to was uh the adventure zone like mm-hmm. so many others yep and i loved it and i i really enjoyed it and um they started playing um monster of the week and as soon as i started playing i was like i've i'm a writer and i've got this World that I've been wanting to play with. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can use this game to play with my world. And I immediately started recruiting people and I, I dragged my husband into it and he, he likes RPGs. He's the reason I got started with RPGs. And then I like, I sent out to my voice acting friend, Wesley, and I was like, Hey, you're, you're joining me for this new podcast. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> and then I, I was trying to find one more person and I found, and I, I sent out a message to the Facebook ether to my friends and said, Hey, I'm starting this podcast. Does anyone sound interested? And exactly the person I was hoping that would be
2: interested in
1: <laughs> sent me a message and said, Hey, I'm interested. I'm like, yes, you, <laughs> you're going to be in my podcast. Nice. So, yeah, so that's how that's how Thornvale started. And it's, it's set in the universe of my Dragon Knight series, which is ironically coming out after the podcast because it takes a long time to edit books.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I imagine right. so. Um,
1: so that series should be coming out in uh, October. So,
0: where can people find your podcast? If they want to listen to it. Is it the usual places?
1: Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, the fastest way you can find it is uh, Anchor, and then Spotify is like twenty minutes later. Okay. Uh, we use Anchor to host, so I usually post the Anchor uh, links because those update auto- like instantaneously. Okay. Versus takes a couple of hours to get everywhere else. So. And I I usually post like three or four hours ahead of time from when I say I'm going to post it, because I'm hoping that when I post the link, like if people don't want to listen on Anchor, they can go to the other ones and they're already updated. Gotcha. I don't know if it works,
0: but. (laughs) So how long have you been doing the show then?
1: Uh, We started on May 3rd. I'm looking at my calendar. 3rd. Yeah. Friday, May 3rd.
0: All right. so, So very new. Um, yes. is, it, is it every week twice a month yes. okay
1: yes we are for the rest of my life i'm gonna
0: be <laughs> 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 and, and again this is like a full campaign it's ongoing same characters. same yes, world
2: yes 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 Yes. all right very very cool
0: uh and i'm sure we'll get
2: players and
1: they protect the small town of thornvale they're they're three monster hunters they protect this little town i figured the other the other series i wrote was was uh the name was based off of the the town so i figured i would name the same thing
0: very very cool well thank you very much for joining us i'm very excited to talk a little bit more about your show and then you're going to be bringing some of the stuff we talk about uh but Caleb, just in case someone isn't as familiar with you give us a short pitch on the release podcast as well
3: well the release podcast is all about uh, people who play uh role-playing games, uh, not only D&D, but uh, a number of other games. I am myself an immigrant in London, uh, coming from Belgium. So my first language was French, so I use that in my show to introduce people across communities. And, and the pitch of the show is that it's a broadly London-based show of tabletop RPG fans across the channel, the porn, and beyond, because we've got loads of visitors coming to London and when they come, I'm happy to interview them, uh, in person rather than do Skype and stuff. So uh, for instance, hopefully next week, I'm interviewing a Finnish RPG fan. Uh, she, she just started playing roping games because that's also that the role is we got uh, seasoned players and we got uh, brand new players. And yeah, the only thing is that I got a big editing backlog. So <laughs> if I do <laughs> Do
2: you feel that?
3: She will be the proud first uh episode of 2020. <laughs> oh, what? yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's man. Oh man,
0: that is hardcore. My next,
3: my next episode was recorded in Barcelona, actually, uh with the RPG club there, and my current episode was recorded at MCM Comic Con London when Critical Role visited us there. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, interview even well, not. I guess it doesn't count as interview when you stand up with the you all. You grab the microphone of the panel and you, you ask a question in the middle of the audience. But I asked uh, a number of casts of shows and films if they ever played any role-playing games. And there are some uh, revelations which are interesting.
0: Right, very, very cool. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you. Uh, again, for anyone who might be watching or listening now or in the future, um, the release podcast was one of the proud members of the RPG Academy Network, which sadly no longer exists. But Kalum himself is still part of the faculty. He's one of the few uh, that has been still very much involved in what we do outside of the network. Uh, so very happy to have Kalum part of the ne- part of the, the family, the faculty, even if the network itself no longer exists. All right. And film studies. Right. And-, and other things like the tensions. Uh, but let's get into the show. So the first thing we like to do is a short segment we call What You Drinking? So, Susanna, I'll start with you. What you drinking?
1: Right. Hey. So <laughs> I remembered that you had this and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be boring. I'll be drinking my vitamin water. Um, and then today I went downstairs to uh, go check my mail. And there was a box of booze that was sitting on my, <laughs> porch. and I'm like, well, that's strange. I didn't order a box of booze. <laughs> and so I saw that it was, uh, it was for the, 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 the box had like the name of the apartment that was right next to mine. And so I brought it over and I knocked on the door thinking, oh, uh, they probably um, like they, they probably delivered it to my house instead of theirs or my, my apartment instead of theirs. So I knocked on the door and these people ended up moving and they said, oh, yeah, we just put it there because we're planning on taking it downstairs to throw it away. And I'm like, well, if you're throwing it away, can I have it? <laughs> and so this was the only thing I could find that I liked. And this is Passion Fruit Rita, which is a sparkling margarita. Mm-hmm. And I drink that. Uh, why
0: not absolutely <laughs>
2: it's free,
1: it's free. It, again
0: yeah free thank free you. is free uh so quick shout out to new york new york tater he's one of our regulars who joins us he's uh in chat so welcome new york tater all right caleb what are you drinking
3: well i'm totally topping everyone it's two in the morning here in london thank you very much and i'm drinking just <laughs> some water <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I I am right there with you. I got a little sparkling H two O myself. I uh, am a teetotaler. I don't drink alcohol ever, anyways. Uh, sometimes I have soda, but uh, for now, got some water. All right. So now we're going to move into the first official part of the show, and this is what we call extracurricular. And basically, we're just going to talk about whatever we want to talk about. Uh, usually, it's movies, TV's, books, songs on the radio, new games we're playing, new podcasts we've checked out. But it can literally be anything that you want to spend a few minutes talking about. Uh, Caleb's showing me his chest for some reason. Uh, so I'll start with Caleb on this one. Uh, what's been going on, buddy? Extracurricular. What do you want to talk about?
3: Well, I was pointing not at my chest, uh, like the fools looking at the finger when I pointed at the moon. Uh, I'm sh- showing my beautiful t-shirts of Oakins uh, Power and Light from Stranger Things.
0: Oh, uh, okay, okay.
3: Yeah, I'd, Man,
1: I just finished that.
3: Yeah, I totally oh, did wow. not get that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I did not finish the third season oh. yet, but oh, uh, I think uh I think people have noticed on Twitter that uh will Byer is very keen on playing D this season
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> can we just play d d My, My theory
3: D&D. is that you should try you should offer to play some vampire the masquerade, so <laughs> the yeah. girls friends and the girlfriends could join first of all why the girlfriends are not joining, they should be invited. And second, yeah, they it could be much more smooching if they were playing <laughs> Vampire Masquerade than, than, than dragons.
1: What episode are you on?
3: Ah, uh, I'm um, episode eight, I think. Oh actually no, uh well. well maybe that'd be the last one. Yeah, it's no it's just, it's uh yeah, the next one I'm gonna watch will be the last one. So oh, it's Oh
1: dude, dude I can't say things. Yep, no. I wanna say no. things so bad, but I can't, so I'm not gonna I just <laughs> finished mean? episode eight like two days ago and man it was oof.
3: Oof, guys, yeah. a good season. They, they they sort of turned everything to eleven. Uh, <laughs> was <laughs> <when it did. laughs> I was thinking Spinal Tap, not even Stranger Things. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's, they they definitely go for the 80s, and uh, things get a bit crazier. Not not necessarily just with the supernatural. I think they did a good job. I think the next one is the last one. Uh, I I expected this one to be the last. I'm curious how they're going to top that. uh, But it's really enjoyable, I find.
0: Yeah, uh, the first season of Stranger Things, it kind of came out of nowhere. This whole Netflix thing, like no one even knew what it was. And I remember like, I started seeing things on Twitter. People talking about, hey, have you seen this? And it just sort of snowballed into this phenomenon. And I loved season one. I mean, just 100%. Oh, my God, it was amazing. Season two I thought was a bit of a sophomore slump. There were parts of it I really liked, but overall I thought it was kind of a downward trend. There was an
1: entire episode they could have just not had in season two. Yeah, well, they were
0: trying to do a backdoor pilot and make another show about this other character who's one of the other... You it know. wasn't a good
2: idea. No, it was
0: not a good idea. Uh, but I think season three is a return to form. Um, yes. I still don't know if it's as good as season one just because I love season one so much. But it's, it's close, if not right there. And you've seen all all of these Yes, yeah.
1: Okay, okay, cool.
0: Yep. Cool. I, I have seen it all.
1: Uh, oh, what do you think of uh without spoiling it, what do you think of the end credits scene?
0: Um I I liked it, but at the same time, I was like, do we need this? But I, I don't know. I you know, I don't want to say anything cuz like Caleb, I don't want to spoil it, so I might have to revisit What's that. Yeah. But anyway... Oh, so
1: does anyone know the name of the guy, of the Russian guy that kept beating on Hopper? Are we just going to call him the Terminator?
0: He's just the Terminator,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Pretty much straight up. Alright, so anything uh, else, Caleb, going on you want to talk about? Uh, also, so...
3: Uh, I'm finishing... I'm, I'm trying to finish the Avatar Trilogy. Uh, somebody told me, by the way, that it's not a tril- trilogy, but a tetralogy. So I'm like... <sighs> But, uh, it's quite cool. The main character, Midnight, is in the Addis, in the underworld. So the, 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 realm of miracle. Uh, I don't know if the two of you are familiar with that because, yeah, no? Oh, because Michael, you, you. So. You're more of a D and D nerd than I am, so it's set in the world of the Forgotten Realms. Ah. Uh, Quite like the concept: uh, two gods stole the tablets, the two tablets of fate and destiny, from uh, the main god, who got mad and, not knowing who stole it, he threw all the gods uh, in the realm of the humans. In avatars uh telling them well you you are condemned to live among the humans until you find the tablets and because of that, everything is a mess magic is a mess there's a lot of plagues and crazy magical effect going on, and you follow the main character are humans they they run into Mistra at some point and they need to um, they need to find the tablets and one of the characters who start let's say chaotic neutral already quite chaotic evil. His name is Ciric So that I knew before reading, that Ciric is the name of a deity of, um, I believe, murder or something. So <laughs> I expect that Well, uh, I really like his arc, actually.
0: Oh, yeah, cool. Very, very cool. Uh, so New York Tater mentions that it's 9pm in his place and he's drinking coffee and he watched the entire Stranger Things on the 4th. So, uh, So he can not be spoiled with it. All right. So awesome. Thank you, Caleb. All right, Susanna, what's been going on? What do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, well, so <laughs> I guess the biggest thing in my life is that my apartment hasn't been heated or hasn't been cooled for a week. And oh. it's been like in the nineties and they finally fixed it today. And I mean, it was so hot. Like I couldn't even stay here. I've been, I've been coming back like once a day to take care of my cats. And, but I've been mostly like staying at my parents' house because it's just so freaking hot at my apartment. So they finally fixed it, so now I have cool air. And now I'm leaving again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that that, that would be I'm miserable. Going
1: to, I'm going out to Paris Island for a buddy's um Marines uh boot camp graduation. So. Oh.
2: Very
1: cool. So, so. Awesome. mostly today I've just been editing. It's oof uh <laughs> the episode I'm on, episode twelve is the is is the um uh the finale of the arc that we've been doing, mm-hmm. and it is an hour and a half long, which is too long. It was two. It was like two and a half hours before I cut out a lot. There, we had like thirty solid minutes of just recorded technical difficulties. Oh no! Just <laughs> kind of entertaining to listen to because it was a lot of me going ah, <laughs> just <laughs> frustrated. Um, but yeah, so. Well, so that was that's been fun today, but I have to get it done today because my episode goes out on the 5th and then I'm going to be traveling for the next two on the 5th, Friday. It goes out on Friday. Good lord.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Twelve, I, I think. <laughs> uh yeah. so I'm going to be traveling the next two days so I can't edit then. So, I got to edit now so I can do other stuff.
0: <laughs> <Editing laughs> other stuff. Yeah, edit edit edit. If you get into the podcast game, Edit, edit, edit. It just takes over your life. Never ending. It's yeah. Never, never ending. Just be a streamer. I also, I also saw
1: Spider-Man, the new one. Yes. Have you, have you seen it
0: yet? Yes, that's one of the things I was going to talk about. So what do so you think?
1: Good. It's so good. That's another one. I, the one thing about it that annoys me is that the end credit sequence... Did you guys see the end credit sequence?
0: Yes. So, again, okay. so if we're going to talk about it, to anyone Bye. listening, potential spoilers, Spider-Man Far From Home.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil anything. I was just going to say, like... It, I saw people like leaving my theater, yeah, it's like and I'm like, why are you doing this and then the end credit sequence literally changes the context of great swaths of the movie
0: yeah it it <laughs> basically like, recontextualizes <laughs> the entire movie
1: it does yeah, it's just like something they'd never done before either, which is crazy
0: yeah i um what the things I thought was weird is that that um the whole time I was watching it, I'm like oh it's it's so sad that there's a couple characters that just didn't seem right. I'm like, whoever wrote this doesn't know how to write their characters, or maybe they just, you know, phoned it in. And then when you see what you see, I'm like, oh my god, that is so amazing! I was yes. so excited. It uh, is
1: great, man. It is great. And
0: then, um, and again, so this is very potentially spoiler. So if you if you haven't watched it, it's going to be vague, but it could still Talking potentially for a
2: second.
0: It could potentially spoil you in the previews. One of the characters says a line that says, um, hours. And in the actual movie, he says yours. And that's a very big deal. Once you know what's going on, it's, um, when Spider-Man first meets Quentin Beck
2: mm-hmm.
0: a- and they're talking about where he's from, there's a line that one of the characters says, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yours in the previews, they say ours. And I think that's very yeah, um, intentionally.
1: Marvel's so freaking sneaky. Yeah, I know. Like in Endgame, uh, this is there's no there's no way nobody's seen Endgame at this point. Um, the only person I know that hasn't seen Endgame is my friend that's been in in Marine boot camp the last couple of months. Yeah. Uh, so in in Endgame, in the commercials, he didn't. When the scene where he's like he's like uh, struggling with Captain America, like Thanos is struggling with Captain America. You can see the number of, of stones on his head, and he doesn't have all of them. And then in the movie, he had all of them at the time. Yep. So they completely threw you off balance, like expecting what was going to do, just straight up lying to
0: you. There's also uh, previews of where Cap is, uh, has his shield, and in the movie, that's when his shield's half destroyed, and it's only half there. So they had to go in and actually add the rest of that. So in the preview it looked like his shield was whole and you didn't know that it had already been like cut in half.
3: I mean did you yeah. yell
0: with joy with Maybe uh... we shouldn't
1: talk about endgame because your, your your buddy in the chat there doesn't hasn't seen it. Sometimes.
0: Oh, just watched Infinity War this week. Okay, alright. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good though. It's really good.
1: It's really good. At some so, point so a
0: shield think, gets cut in half. So I think it's twice.
1: I, yeah. I would say like I think Infinity War is a better movie. Like from, from like a screenwriting perspective. But Endgame hit me in the feels a lot oh, more. yeah. And I had a lot more, like, fun with Endgame. Yeah. Like, Infinity War was, like, a super fun movie, and there's a very good reason for that. But, like, oh, man, Endgame was good.
3: Yeah. yeah, Endgame is a crazy thing in terms of production, I find, because, I mean, the first Avenger came out pretty much at the time I moved to London, so in 2012. Huh. And watching Endgame is how it's, been this thing which has been part of your life for seven years now and it's it's super on one hand it's super impressive uh storytelling and i mean we've got game masters tonight so people know how difficult it is to take all your threads and bring them together for your to end your campaign and uh, they definitely do that on so many levels. And uh, it's very rewarding if you're a fan and you notice a few details. Uh It's still working if you didn't. And uh yeah, it's just this weird. I think it's, it's been serials in the past, uh more than people realize, but things which having a, a movie like this, which relies so much on you having seen I don't even remember 30 hours, 24 hours of movie uh, connected and rewarding you for that. It's really really unique and yeah, it's fascinating and I went to see it twice and I think I even enjoyed it more the second time. Why it was still hitting me in the field <laughs> right from the first scene as a as a father.
0: Oh. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty crazy. I think the biggest thing I would say about Endgame, and, I, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for the are the Marvel movies. Like even the bad ones, I like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But after Endgame, the first thing I wanted to do was go back and watch all the movies again, which I have yeah. now done. Like I, I oh
2: wow,
1: it,
0: including a, a Thor: The Dark day. World and Avengers: Ultron, which are not the best. They're better yeah. now. Endgame made those movies retroactively yeah. better.
1: Yeah, they absolutely did.
0: So yeah. I thought that was pretty impressive. But yeah, Spider-Man Far From Home, absolutely loved it. Again, I'm in the wheelhouse of those movies, but I love Spidey. He's one of my favorite characters as a kid. Yes, my favorite. Uh, reading the comic books. So I just, I think Tom Holland does an amazing job as as Peter Parker. I, lo- I love him. I, I just, I love that movie. And then I love Mysterio. I love how they did it. I, I liked yes. everything about it. It all worked for me perfectly. And again, <laughs> those, both of the end credit scenes just like blew my freaking mind. Bo- both of them. <laughs> it was like, boom, and then later, boom again.
3: And something I did not expect. I was told about it, but uh, when when Far From Home was announced, and you come out of Endgame, and uh, uh, don't go see Far From Home before seeing Endgame, yeah, yeah man. because it's actually it's it's the la- the real last movie of Phase Four is Far From Home, and there's a lot of things very very quickly in a very snappy a- way, like very quickly, hilarious way. It explains to you how people dealt with the events of Endgame, and it's it's amazing. It's yep. mind-blowing. It's, yeah, it's great.
0: Uh, so the other thing I was going to talk about, which we chatted just a little bit before we went on air, um, I ran Monster of the Week last night, and that was the first time I've ever what? ran a Powered by the Apocalypse game. I've only played like two or three times, so I'm very new to that system style of game. Uh, but I love Buffy. I love Supernatural. I love the first six seasons of X-Files. last two, not so much. Um, <laughs> so that that's the type of game that's 100% in my wheelhouse. also love Scooby-Doo. Uh, so I, I made a quick mystery. And as, as I was telling you, I did kind of a weird gender-bent uh, Scooby-Doo gang. So Fred and um, Daggy became girls, and Thelma and Daphne became guys. And they had a, had a teacup dog instead of a Great Dane. Uh, <laughs> and they were actually trying to set up a an actual haunted house. Like not a well like a like a um a haunted house attraction, not an actual ghost haunted house, but like a uh oh, there's a thing in there. Uh but they were faking like it was really haunted just to get uh like people to come and get some interest in it, but then it turned out it actually turned out to be an actual ghost there. So uh it was pretty fun. The the guys that played it with me, Brad and Ryan, both seemed to like it. I I think the biggest thing is I said, the timing. I didn't have enough time to really let the mystery kind of play out it like satisfyingly the the turn from what's going on to oh my god we're being attacked by a monster was really really fast um and i don't know that i handled the combat great because again i've never really done it before but that's
1: tricky in monster of the week yeah i've found i i listened to a ton of shows before we went live so i i i like got the handle on it a little bit better mm-hmm. but it's it's really hard to just like jump in there because it's so different from most
2: like RPGs. Yeah.
0: So definitely something I want to try again maybe like maybe play it a couple times and then try it again but it's, I mean I love mystery type games so it's it's a game that I should want to run though I will say I'm on record D6s are dumb D6s are the worst dice so Aww. so I made them roll two D12s and we did our our ranges 1 to 12 13 to 20 and then 21 plus so it wasn't exactly the same math but it's close enough
3: d 6 are I started with D6, loads of D6, Star Wars, D6. You got yeah, bucket loads of D6s, Star yeah, Wars. Shadow D6s are dumb. All,
0: the, all those are great. The only D4s are the only dumber 20s. dice, The D6s. D20s are overrated. It keeps rolling. It's, it's D12 is guy. the perfect
1: die. D4, D4s are terrible because if you step on them, they'll like, go through your foot.
0: Yeah, those are bad. <laughs> awesome
1: i like these sixes because i don't have to do a lot of math and i'm really bad at math. <laughs> to, the, to the last arc of the uh, of thornvale there was a time clock and i kept telling them okay so you have tw- you have this amount of time left and every single time i said okay you have this amount of time left my husband who's an engineer uh chimed in and said no actually we have this amount of time left and then i thought about it and i was like yep he's right every <laughs> single time i Awful at math. I'm never doing something that requires a time clock ever again.
0: Uh, so New York Trader jumped in about the the dice for a catacomb this year go to seven because D6s are dumb. So we have a D7 at the catacomb this year. All righty. So with that, we're going to move into everyone's favorite part of the show is when we do improv badly. Uh, the first game we play is called Ten Things, and this is a game where we will prompt one another to try to come up with a list of ten things. And the idea is to do it as quickly as possible. So, immediacy is more important than accuracy. Uh, Susanna, you are the guest. So, you can choose would you like to give someone a prompt first or would you like to receive a prompt first?
1: Uh, I want to get it out of the way. So, so give,
2: give me one.
0: Okay. Uh, 10 villains. Yeah, you're a Spider Man fan. 10 villains you would like to see in Spider Man 3. Spider Man villains? Yeah, so like the next movie, who do you want to be the villain? We've already had Vulture, then we had Mysterio. Who's the main villain in Spider Man 3?
1: Uh, let's see if I can name 10 Spider Man villains. Uh, Kingpin? One. Craven, for sure. Definitely Two. want to see that as the next one. Uh, Green Goblin?
2: Three. Uh,
1: Hobgoblin? Four. Uh, <laughs> I don't, uh, I'm such a Spider Man nerd, I should be better at this. Um, uh, Black Cat? Five. Oh no. <laughs> I'm going to switch the Batman villains.
0: Uh, Joker, Six, Penguin. Seven. <laughs> um... The crossover Catwoman. we've all been asking for. <laughs> uh,
1: Catwoman. Eight.
2: Um, uh, uh... Why am I so bad at this? Uh, Hush.
0: Nine. Um... Lex Luthor. Ten. Yay! I I've said one of those twice. Those were ten things. Excellent. Thank you very much. Alright. Oh so you will give Kalem a prompt and then he will complete the circle with me. So give Kalem something for ten things.
1: Okay, Caleb. Um top ten um RPGers you'd like to have on your show.
3: Ooh. Uh so the 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 games themselves. No, no 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 like uh people who people. do RPGs. Oh people who do RPGs. Oh okay. Podcast. Uh, okay. Uh <laughs> Fabrice Lamide, Frédéric Weil, who what? are French designers. Two? Uh,
2: Croc, I think that's two. Okay.
3: Croc, yeah, Fa- Fabrice and Frédéric. Okay. Croc. Uh French designer too. Uh uh Matthew Mercer.
2: Boy. Of course. Okay.
3: Um, uh, John Wick. Fine. John Harper. Six. Grant Howitt.
0: Seven. Uh,
3: Sam Webb. Eight. Go check the Kickstarter for the 20 spy. Uh, come on. Um, Gina Kimoran. Fine. And, uh,
0: And myself, if...
1: (laughs) I lost count. (laughs) You
0: you just want someone else to edit. That's all you want. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. And then uh, lay it on me. What are my ten things?
3: Oh, sorry. Uh, Your (laughs) ten... Um your 10 podcasts have never been part of the network, but you would like them to be part of a new network.
0: Okay. Um, Batman beyond. Uh, I'll name all the Kevin Smith podcasts. I listen to edumacation. <laughs> um, Oh, what's the other one he does? Ah, I can't believe I'm failing here. Ah. Your you are two in. I know! He does like nine <laughs> podcasts, and I can't think of any of them right now. Um, Dirty John?
3: Uh, I just gonna... want to acquire him.
0: <laughs> well, it's a podcast. Um, Son of a Gun. Uh, How did this get made? Uh, oh, nice. Storm of Spoilers. Five. Uh, everything else Joanna does. So, Little Gold Men, Fighting in the War Room. though that's Dave Gonzalez. seven. Um, oh, uh, Young Justice Files, the one that Rich does. Eight. Oh, gosh. I'm pull up my phone and go through all my podcasts I've been listening to. Uh, yeah, oh my god, okay. Uh, um, Atlanta Monster and Up and Vanished. There you go. Yay! Those were ten things terribly. All right. So we're going to move into what's generally the meat and potatoes of the show. This is usually what we spend the most time talking about, but it doesn't have to be. Uh, And this is what we call used books. And the idea here is we're going to talk about a campaign that one of us has either played or ran. And there's something about that campaign that we think is interesting enough to talk about. We're going to deep dive and see if we can pull out a few nuggets of wisdom, things that we might want to try to do again or maybe things we want to try to avoid in future games. So, Susanna, you are our guest tonight. Do you have something you can talk about for used books?
1: Dude, do, do, do I. Um, so, this is not a campaign, but it was an arc in part of the campaign. So, uh, I play a D&D game, uh, or at least I have, but my my friend that's that's uh, that I'm going to the graduation of has been missing for a couple of months, so I haven't been able to play the specific game. Technically, it's Pathfinder. Um, so I play, I play a Pathfinder badly. <laughs> um, I've learned so much about Pathfinder just listening to the Glass Cannon podcast. Um, so, but, but before that, I just played a pretty loose game. So basically what we did is we have a, let's see if I can remember. We have a, I think he's a half elf bard, a dwarven f- fighter, a human, Dragonborn mix sorcerer and a human archer. And that's our four people. And at the time, we also had a a magus, a magus. I don't know how you pronounce that. And I gave the party a healer, which is irrelevant for this particular story, (laughs) but I just thought they were all going to die. So I gave them a healer. And her name is Andy. Anyways. So they were at, they were in a town doing some stuff and the bard, whose name was Leholen, uh, suddenly got a message from a courier. Yeah, that's the word. From a courier who told him that his uncle had died and because they couldn't find his father, that he was the one that was going to inherit the mansion. And I mean, a mansion mansion. Like, huge with branches in the backyard. And they, the, the trick, the only thing that, that was mentioned in the thing was that You had to stay in it for five days, and then it would be yours. So they traveled to do this, having a couple of mishaps along the way, and they got to the mansion, and they were greeted by a ghost who was the, um, what's the word? Like, the property manager.
2: Groundskeeper.
1: Yeah, his name was Joseph Laughingsteel. And, yeah, groundskeeper, that's the word. And he told them that, okay, yeah, you guys have to stay in the mansion the entire time. Things may happen. But if you need to leave, you can. But if Leholen leaves, you don't get the mansion. The rest of you can leave, but if Leholen leaves, you can't get the mansion. So, they went all the way through. They met all the staff. They seemed really nice. And the first night, all the staff leaves. Everyone. Everyone's gone. The only people are those five at the time, because the Magus wasn't there. Um, they actually found the Magus in the uh, the um, the cellar. He was, like, locked in a dungeon. Because <laughs> they found out that the guy who owned the building before, Leholin's uncle, had had a thing for dire animals, and he had been pretending to be a dire animal, and he got captured. <laughs> <laughs> so they found a random naked guy, and it was great. Yeah. Anyways, so... First night they get attacked by a couple things. Each night had a different theme and it's been so long I can't remember what the theme. I know one of the theme one of the nights was a clockwork theme. Um one of the nights was like all dire animals, I think. One of the nights was all like acidic things. So the, each night had like a different theme. One of the nights the the actual house itself was out to get them and and it got like colder and colder and colder until like they were all like starting to take damage from the cold. Um, so. Would you say
3: something. that, uh, you had a monster of the night?
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they get through the first night, they take some damage, and they're not feeling very good, but the clock strikes 12 or whatever. I can't remember what, I think it was like 6 in the morning or something. And all the monsters go away, and they're fine. And then in the morning, they ask their healer to heal them up, and she tries, but nothing happens. Nothing happens, and then Joseph Laughing Steel, the ghost that runs the place, comes up and says, Oh yeah, so I wasn't allowed to tell you this, because your uncle told me not to. But you have to stay here for five nights, and every single night you're going to get attacked, and you cannot heal the entire time. You should have seen my (laughs) player's face. It was hilarious. Nice. <laughs> they were so mad. It was great. Okay. So they went through and I think on like the third night, both the healer, who was pretty useless, and the sorcerer, who was my dad, um got knocked so far down and they had to they had to like yeet them out the front door so that they could heal and, and live. And then the next night another person went down. They had six, I think, so another person went down. And then the last night, it was down to two different people, and they were in this arbor, Ar- arboretum greenhouse area. Um, and the final, per- the, they finish everything and they think, okay, we're done. There's two people left. It's the Magus and Leholen, the bard, who is the one that is supposed to own the place. They're the only two left. Everyone else is outside. I think one of them got like terrified into running through the glass wall. (laughs) It was awesome. And Joseph laughing steel, the ghost comes in before the clock strikes, whatever time and starts clapping and says, good job. Good job. You guys did amazing. Except one more thing. And he starts attacking them. And Joseph laughing steel was the final boss. And it was so cool because I could never have predicted this. Like they were on like three hit points each. Like they had nothing left, and and (laughs) we're gonna talk about the ghost in your in your in your other part of the podcast. Mm -hmm. But like he's brutal, (laughs) and I was just like, oh, he's gonna he's gonna demolish him. You're not gonna get the house. And I, I was I was really worried that they weren't gonna be able to like do it. And then I remembered that the magus had done something earlier where he found the head of the household. He found like a picture of the head of the household. And like learned his face, and I was like, "Why are you doing that?" And then during this fight with Joseph, he turned. He was a he was a shapeshifter. He turned his face into this guy, and convinced the ghost that he was his master just long enough for one of the other players to throw a a cold iron something or other, like a a cold iron chain through the glass wall from the outside and pulled Joseph out so that he couldn't attack them because no one could go back inside. And it was so glorious. And I was just like I never ever could have thought that was going to happen. Like I I never would have imagined that he would have like persuaded his way out of doing it. And not right. only like it wasn't even the bard doing the persuasion. It was it was the magus. And I was just, "Oh man, it was so amazing. It was so, it was just like it's the most fun I've, I've, I've ever had, like, playing, except when I did the cliffhanger in the last episode of Thornvale. <laughs>
0: okay. So so I guess my first question would be, is what were you planning to happen? So you're talking about how you had no idea that what would what, what end up happening would happen. So when you created this encounter, you're like, hey, this will be fun. Like, what did you think was going to happen? What was your plan?
1: My plan, when I, when I created the whole thing, I, I kind of designed it so that I would pick different monsters every night and I would kind of tailor it to how they were doing. Cause okay. I wanted it to be difficult, but not like impossible. Cause I sure. wanted them to get the house. Like mm-hmm. I thought that would be really cool if they had this like base of operations where they could, it's close by to this other place that they needed to go for the main like storyline. And so what I wanted them to do was defeat everything. But I mean, I had to hold to what I already had planned. And I, what I already had planned was that Joseph was going to be the one who was the late, who was the final villain. And he, he was just doing his job, like basically, like mm-hmm. they, they actually let him stay on as like the caretaker. That's, that's what he's called. He's the caretaker. Um, because he, he was just like, he was just bound to do this because he's like bound to the house. And what I, I, what I, I never thought that two of them would be, would be down so quickly. But <laughs> I, I was getting a little nervous when the like the third night came around and there were two of them already outside. I was like, oh, that's a problem.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. much <laughs>
1: so, so, harder than I thought it was going to be.
0: So did this whole week in the game occur in one session or was this something that happened over multiple sessions? It was
1: in sessions? a couple. It okay. was like in, I think, two or three. Okay. Think, of a couple of hours. Yeah. So, it so again, Each it ca- fight took a long time. so uh,
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, especially if you're playing Pathfinder. Um, uh, so yeah. I guess the other thing that I'm thinking of is just obviously this was something that was important to them because otherwise they would have just been like peace out and the left. So yeah. did you know that the mansion would have been enough of a of a of an item or loot or whatever that they would want to? Uh were you as surprised maybe that they did stick it out? They didn't just walk away when things started to go bad.
1: No, no, no. They're they're they needed cash like real bad. Okay. In the- like gave them a a massive bit of disposable income to use afterwards all right so like i knew they were i knew they were going to try to stick it out as much as they could um i didn't know how well they were going to
0: do gotcha all right so what would you have done if they had failed if the roles had gone the wrong way or if they just like yeah all right this is too much and left would that have just been gone or did you have any sort of like contingency plans I really
1: didn't. No, I, I, I thought they'd be able to do it, and they did, apparently. Um, but like, I was just gonna let them not get the place. Like, if if it happened, like, they had to do this. That was like the way the house worked. I was just gonna say, like, yeah, sorry guys, I know you've been doing this for three sessions, but no, you failed. This is yeah. You you get to live. You know you can you can live
0: consolation prize yeah.
1: And they had already made friends with a bunch of the NPCs in town over time. And so they probably would have, like, stayed there for a good amount of time. But no, I I would have just, they don't get it. <laughs> There's no prize, you lose.
0: So what I thought you were going to do when you were telling the story, what I what I thought was going to happen is that the ghost had set the clock forward an hour and they were going to walk out. It was actually five o'clock and not six o'clock and they lost at the oh, very end. Oh, that was so mean. <laughs> I know, I was like, that's what I was like oh, that, that would was be so, so awesome, cool. but awful. Alright, so Caleb, do you have any questions for Suzanne? Anything about that that you would want to maybe dig into a little bit?
3: So you, you said you were considering it. Uh, I don't know if you did it in the end. I I really like the idea of that you, because yeah, you, you manage through luck and opportunity to make it just like you wanted. You wanted them to be at a, you know, at the edge at the very end to succeed, you know, early, which is, what we're trying to do so often so you said you were considering that you would adapt the monsters some nights based on all they were doing so i guess to to keep them from dying slightly too fast or too slow did you did you do that in the end did you make any amendments to to lower the power of the the monsters except the, the very final one
1: no i really didn't i didn't I, usually the way i did it was in the number and like t- in like you know like challenge rating of the monsters so I would say like, okay, so they had a hard time with this, Um and each of the monsters had like their own special thing, like that was a problem with it. Like one of them, like I think, I don't remember if the Cold Knight even had a monster. I think it did, but I don't, it's been so long I can't even remember if the Cold Knight, it was just like literally the house. No, it did. I think that was a Clockwork one. I can't remember. One of the, one of the knights was like all Clockwork creatures. Um, but it, I know I, I didn't, I didn't change the monsters at all, but I changed the number of monsters if I thought they needed a little less or a little more, you know. Um, but I, I never changed the monsters. Because honestly, that's way too much math. Man, I don't. Mm-mm. No, thank you.
0: <laughs> so that's one of the things I, I know I've talked about this before, but just in general, one of my philosophies when it comes to uh, building encounters, because I usually just make mine up on the fly. I don't do a whole lot of pre-planning is I set up encounters that, that can happen in waves very easily. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's going to be three ogres, but if it seems like, you know, they're going into this encounter underpowered, somebody didn't show up, so they, they already wasted their spells, I may only have one ogre show up. And then mm-hmm. if they end up wiping that one out because somebody rolls a natural 20 on the first attack, oh, okay. then another one just shows up. You know, like I, I, can, I can either bring them in or, or not based on how I think it's going, because I want the encounter point to be difficult. I want it to be challenging. But at the same time, I expect the players to win every time, unless they just make really bad decisions or the dice are poor. They're going to win. But I also but I want it to be fun and challenging. So it's one thing I just encourage people to do is when you're designing encounters, build in waves of creatures or changes like the environment. Uh, You know, again, maybe on round three, a fissure opens up and lava comes out and that changes the, the battlefield. And yeah, you can that's a good idea. And you can play with it. Like, if things are going really poorly, maybe the lava cuts off some of the goblins so they now can't attack the person they were going to attack. So you're not saving them, but you're just creating, like, a temporary respite for that character. Give them a chance to get a healing spell or something in. Uh, but, um, which I'm also pro-fudging. Like, I'll, I'll fudge dice all day long. I know not everyone does. It's totally cool if you don't, but I do. Uh, but when you sit down to design an encounter, the goal is to make it fun. But you have very limited information. Like all you know is what you think the players might do, what you think might be fun for them, who you think is going to show up. But when the game is actually starting, you now have more information. You know who actually did show up. You know who is using their spells correctly. You know how the roles are going. So to say that you can't make changes to what you decided before the game starts once the game is going, I just think is silly. Whether again, that doesn't mean you're fudging dice, but just changing the number of creatures when they come in. Uh, You know, I'll change hit points, like if if there's only two hit points left when you hit the ogre there's a good chance the ogre's going to die if you say a really cool thing and you know you hit it with a natural 20 i'm not going to be like oh there's two hit points left and the next person gets to kill it like i'm all about doing that kind of stuff
1: i'm i'm very much rule of cool and i think um uh i think it was also helpful to have a night that was a little less dangerous in in terms of well it was incredibly dangerous because the cold night was really it was it was a lot of fun for me to run because basically like the, the way I designed it was that the cold started going from the top of the house to the bottom of the house. And of course, the players decided to stay in the observatory, which was the top part of the house. And so they immediately started getting the cold. So that kind of put them off to a disadvantage in the first place. And then they had monsters they were trying to run from. And the way they ended up fixing it was they had... They ended up in the... um in that greenhouse i told you about because it was like the warmest part of the house and and it started the cold was like creeping closer and closer and one of them i don't remember why was somehow immune to cold something i don't know if he had a spell or what happened but some someone was immune to cold and they had a bag of holding and so they're like hey can we just stuff everyone else in this bag of holding (laughs) and then get down into the basement and then lock the basement and then just keep fires burning on either side of us and i'm like you can do that sure yeah nice. <laughs> i don't know if, if that's how bags of holding work they do now i don't care because it was such a cool idea just to stuff all their friends in this bag of holding and
2: okay. into in the basement it was fantastic
0: so when you had the players that were injured and had to leave the house were they able to come back in so they could continue to play as players or did their characters yes. have to stay so outside
1: they could, um they could come back in during the day uh and do all the interactions during the day with the household staff they could get to know people get to know Joseph like they loved Joseph like at the end they loved the they they ended up like they were so betrayed when he ended up being the final villain and then and then they were just like so happy when he, when he was like look i had to do this please please don't make me leave and um so it was it was fun cuz they could come back in for like all the role play stuff during the day uh and then as soon as all the servants left they had to leave but um like I said, in the final one, they were in this, uh, this glassed in greenhouse. And they're like, hey, if we burn a, if we like blast a hole in the window, can we do stuff? Because the idea was like, if you came in and you weren't allowed to come back in, that you, you would just like incinerate instantly. Which is why when they got Joe, you could leave, but you couldn't come back. Which is why when they got Joseph out, that meant it was game over. Gotcha. So they, they were like, hey, if we blast holes in this, in this glass area, can we like, um can we like send down these chains and like pull monsters out and i'm like yeah sure (laughs) and one at one point my dad was like hey do i find any cold iron and i'm like if you roll for it you can and he rolled like a 30 something and i'm like yes the (laughs) blacksmith somehow has cold iron chains i don't know why but you rolled really well and i'm gonna give it to you
0: I uh, I like the idea that the bard is like mad at them for messing up his house though. Like when they're putting yeah. holes and stuff, he's like, "No, that's my greenhouse." Yeah, there was um, a
1: point at which uh, during the day I would say, "You see the servants going uh, going around and fixing things using magic to like fix all the stuff you broke during the night."
0: Nice. Right. So, if you were to do something similar, whether whether it's the exact same um, encounter for a different party or just something similar in the future, is there anything that you would do differently? Uh, based on having done it before and been through it once, is there any anything that you're like okay, this is a tweak I would want to implement?
1: Oh boy, um, I really don't think I would do anything differently. I think the only thing differently would be I would have to use if it depending on like the level of the people, I would have to use like different monsters. It just so happened to be because um, in Pathfinder, uh, Joseph is a, is a uh, challenge rating seven, and the players were all level six. I think level six I think and so he was like the perfect boss for them at the time um and I'm bad at math so remember that yeah (laughs) so I I would have to use different things and I I would have to tweak the ghost because I would have I would have to use the ghost Mm -hmm. I would either have to have him change into something else any other kind of ghosty goo form um but I I think it would mostly be like different monsters depending on, you know, different things. Obviously, like I could change the theme. I think that would be like if I wanted to run the same thing again, but with people who, who knew the story basically. So if I had someone come in and they said, Hey, I want to run the murder house. Um, I would say, okay, you, you're going to run the murder house and they would know basically the rules, but each of the monsters would be different and the theme night would be different. Mm -hmm. Each each night would have a different idea theme, you know that kind of thing. Like I had a bat night, all <laughs> all the monsters were bats, and that was a blast. Yep. <laughs>
2: so
0: I, also, I,
1: I would just like theme it differently. I think if I if I was running it with different people,
0: I like the idea too. Just uh, it's it sort of turning the idea of like a dungeon crawl on its head, where instead of going further or deeper into the dungeon, you're just you're static, and the dungeon comes to you. I just think that mm-hmm. that's kind of an interesting. Uh, take on that. So any other questions, Caelan, before we get ready to move on?
3: No, I think we can move on. Uh, I find it uh, it's a really cool idea. I, I like the idea of uh, the players earning something, so they value it much more. Uh, and uh, it's... Yeah, I love the idea of the reverse dungeon crawl, and then that we have this base of operation, but it's linked to this adventure that within the space. And... Uh, it's also an introduction for all the npcs who revolve around this place so i think it's, it's really brilliant i love it very yeah.
1: cool so before, before i go on i should mention i i didn't outright steal it but i got the idea of having a place where no one can heal from uh the adventure the adventure zone arc the suffering game okay um, mine i thought mine was nicer but my husband said it was like much harder I can't remember if they didn't if they were allowed to heal in that or not, but I got the idea of just like this place where they kept getting punished over and over again and losing things, and I was like, what if they lost the ability to heal the whole time? But that that was kind of like the 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 initial idea of where it came from, and then it
2: just <laughs> pff, evolved from there.
0: Back in back in my olden days as as a wee lad, um, I had uh, I always played in Homebrew Worlds, and I had a world that was like post apocalyptic. So it's like future tech, but it's all. Destroyed and you know, in just bits and pieces. People don't know how to use uh-huh. it. Very gunslinger, dark tower-ish sort of thing. And um, I had certain places in this world where magic wouldn't work, like magic dead zones. Same thing. There were certain places where healing magic wouldn't work. But not only if you were in there, could you not heal. If you were injured while you were in there, that wound would never heal. Oh, so, wow. you, so if you take eight points of damage, you would have a scar. It would you could ne- never ever heal it, even if you left that area. Because I <laughs> was. It, Terrible DM and made terrible decisions. That's so rough. Um, so, Shortman Ian mentioned cold iron in, in folklore is usually used against Faye. I know in the show Supernatural, it also affects ghosts. Rock salt and cold iron also can affect ghosts because they always use their um, fireplace pokers to swing at like baseball bats.
1: See, here's the thing. I didn't know anything about the cold iron thing. <laughs> but a bunch of my players said, hey, this thing affects ghosts. And I, was, and I looked at my husband, who's like, the, who at that point, like I had been, I had been only gemming for like a couple of weeks. And I turned to my husband and I was like, "Is this true, or are they screwing with me?" And they're like, "Yeah, no, it's true." I was like, "Okay." So <laughs> well, it doesn't affect ghosts. I blame my players because I don't, <laughs> I didn't know anything about it.
0: Well, again, if everyone had fun, then then uh, you made exactly yeah. the right call. All right, so we're going to. And in... it
1: was ridiculous that they got it in the
0: first place. Well, it's like, true,
1: wouldn't have been cold iron just laying around.
0: Yeah, but again it was for a great moment well that that's like the when you watch a movie and while you're in the movie you love it but on the drive home you start thinking about how stupid certain coincidences were as long as yeah, you enjoyed it at the time it's all that matters as yeah.
3: long as it doesn't work and then don't work anymore uh as long as it's not contradict itself within the story i, I don't think there's any issue with that even even in, in the movie if it's Oh, yeah, the rides, uh the ring rise cannot cross water. Okay, as long as they don't cross water later, it's fine. I mean, dragons against a fleet of boats, you're going to lose dragons, but suddenly you got a single dragon and it can kill everybody very easily. <laughs> That's more of a problem.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, for a completely made up example that has no basis in any sort of reality. Um, Absolutely. Exactly. All right. So let's move into everyone's actual favorite part of the game or show, which is my uh-huh. least favorite, because I hate it. Uh, and that's where my fingers have been. This is our other improv I, I game. Have a
1: question before we start. Like, you know, <laughs> this is your your podcast. Like, you can just pick a different game.
0: Uh, people would revolt. Like, we don't have a huge audience, but those who watch it, this is what they come for, is me doing improv terribly. And I cannot deny them that.
1: Uh, okay
0: so uh the game where have my fingers been against an improv game where we will give each other prompts and uh we will create little scenes with our little finger people talking to each other based off of what the prompt is the idea is to try and have a beginning middle and end i often don't do that because i'm terrible at the game uh and if you want to be really creative you can even bring in like third people and turn into like a whole big or a thing uh yeah, so New York Tater and Short Man Ian are both saying no, we cannot choose a different game. <laughs> yeah. I All see right. that. So again, so Susanna, you are the guest. Would you like to go uh, first or would you like to give someone else a prompt first? Uh you know
1: what? I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to you.
0: Okay. I'm gonna set the bar really low for both of you. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Okay. Perfect. That's that's you you've guessed my secret plan. <laughs> um okay, your fingers are in the murder house.
0: All right, so and I also forgot we have to do the song too. So, where have my fingers been? I said, where have my fingers been? So, murder house. So, uh yeah, seems kind of seems kind of strange. This ghost caretaker just kind of hanging around. Yeah, I know. Like, don't you think that, like it would be really weird if like they turned out to be the main boss and like we had to kill them at the end? Yeah, that'd be really weird. Huh. Is it cold here? Nah. Maybe we should go eat some cold iron. I think that only works against fake creatures. No, I'm pretty sure I watched Supernatural. <laughs> it, it actually works against ghosts, too. I read that somewhere. Oh, all right. Well, that makes sense. Uh, Want to get some Taco Bell after? Sure. And that's where my fingers have been.
1: I love that yeah. Supernatural and Taco Bell exist in my <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So I will give Caleb a prompt, and then Caleb will close the circle by giving Susanna a prompt to the oh, end. Okay. So, Caleb, your fingers... So first, I'll sing the song. Go ahead. You gotta sing oh, the song. No. Okay. Yeah.
3: Where have my finger been? Where have my finger been?
0: Your fingers are in line to see Spider-Man Far From Home when someone spoils the ending for you. Oh.
3: Cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, listen, man. I've been avoiding everything. I haven't watched any trailer anything. I avoided the, the website talking about the... The store and everything. Hey, did you know that Jay said is back for for uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home? Are you are you fucking kidding me?
0: I've been avoiding everything. You,
3: yeah, PG thirteen. You get one of
2: those. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: They build (laughs) up expectations. (laughs)
3: <laughs> it was very visual sorry so
1: <laughs> my tater says you can curse in French yes I think that's what he means anyways hang on hang on hang on you, we talked for a second You're, are you done with your fingers
3: yes <laughs> okay.
1: okay can we talk about how freaking awesome it was to say J- to see to see JK Simmons again
3: that was dude inc-
1: that blew my mind
3: yeah, I was so excited I yelled I yelled in the cinema
1: I think, uh, I think I did like, I just like put my arms out and I was like, God bless J.K. Simmons.
3: I love this actor. Did you watch Oz back in the days? I don't think so. No. It was a, before, before, you know, TV at this golden age, before the soprano and everything. Uh, there's a show called Oz and it's placed in the experimental um, jail prison. And it was on HBO. And that's the first time I ever saw J.K. Simmons and he played a Nazi so you had different groups of prisoners you, uh, uh, and one of them was were, were the white supremacists and he was the, the Nazi leader of them and he was amazing and it was oh, amazing cool. to see him after that in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man where he played a very different cartoonish character Yeah, I just love this actor I so look forward I hope we have more of him
1: yeah, I'm Spider pretty Man. sure you played Jameson in the in the uh, the, the newest Sony Spider-Man game. Was I, with- I remember listening to the voice and going, "Is that J.K. Simmons?" Because <laughs> <laughs> he's like on, he like plays on the radio all the time. I'm like, oh,
3: "Yes!" Yeah. It's so surprising. <laughs> he's such
2: a
1: he's such a jerk the whole time. And I'm like, "Man, why do I love this guy so
2: much?" He's such a douche.
3: <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> In the, the original movie, at some point, he is questioned by uh, 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 Dr. Octavius and he doesn't give away the name yeah, of
2: Peter that was, his, that was his
3: one shining moment. <laughs> his one shot. That's, all right. So but give she... uh,
0: Susanna a prompt for where her oh. fingers have been.
3: <sighs> well, I think we're going to stay in, in uh, far from home. So, Susanna, your figure, fingers have been in the third post credit scene. Or Far From Home.
1: Oh, that's spoilers. Uh,
3: The third one. The third. So the the non-existent one.
1: Okay. Uh, uh, Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Give me a
2: second. All right. Let's see.
0: And you got to do the song too when you're ready.
2: Uh, Yeah. I'm just trying to think of something. Where have my fingers been? Is it where have my fingers been? I think I'm Spider-Man's one no, number one fan. No, Ned, I'm I'm
1: clearly Spider-Man's number one fan. I, I I kissed him. Like clearly, I'm Spider-Man. But I've been I've been Spider-Man's number one fan longer. You're just like you just got here, and he's like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Well, when you kiss him, you can say you're his number one fan. That's where my fingers have been.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and That's where your fingers have been. Yay! Yeah. awesome thank you very much both of you for playing our silly old reindeer games all right so we, we will move into <laughs> the less
1: stressful than the other one <laughs> i thought the other one was going to be more stressful
0: yeah that one's usually the one that gets gets most people um so we go into the last section of the show this is what we call cryptozoology and this is where we're going to talk about a monster generally yeah. has to do with D, but does not always have to be and talk about ways we've used this creature in the past maybe brainstorm some ways to um, use it in the future so, again, Suzanne, you're the guest. Do you have a monster you would like to talk about?
1: Yeah, so I want to talk about Mr. Joseph Laughingsteel himself, my ghost, yeah. that I used as the, uh, the, the mm. final boss in the Murder House
0: uh, arc. Awesome. All right, so tell us about the ghost and what they can do in the version you used, um, and then, like, maybe like, why did you choose that creature, like, the thought process behind it?
1: Yeah, so um, I'll just tell you some of his stats. Um, He's got plus five to his initiative. He's got an AC of 17, which isn't terrible. Uh, these are level six characters, he's not terrible, his health is only 73. I threw much meaner things at them. Um, he can fly, which is interesting, but the problem is he's also incorporeal. Mm-hmm. Um, he can uh rejuvenate, <laughs> he's undead, which means it's viewed to a whole bunch of stuff. And he has a melee attack that is 7d6 damage. <laughs> It's only plus six, which isn't too bad, but the four, the, the DC save is eighteen, which is kind of rough. Um, and I'm looking it up to see what frightful moan means. I can't remember anymore.
0: I think when I read that, it was like it caused them to to flee, like a fright yeah, effect.
1: That's what it was. I couldn't remember why someone just bolted at the end of the of the uh, thing, but I think the last the last person that was in there before um, what went down was was uh, one of the characters, and just just bolted out the out the glass of the place. Um so yeah, he's got he's got a lot of stuff that's that's pretty rough. But um yeah, it, it's if you can hit him, he's not hard to take down. But the problem is I knew these people wouldn't be able to hit him. <laughs> so
0: that's a <so> mean. <laughs> yeah, so other other than the cold iron that they use, generally you have to have force or magical weapons to affect a ghost, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And we had the Magus, but like, boy, was he out of spells. <laughs> he was out of spells, the only one left with the bard, and he was out of spells, and it was it was just a rough night. Like they got their spells back, I should mention. Like they got all their spells back at the end of the night, just not healing. Gotcha. Um but yeah, so I I just loved it. And it had to be a ghost because Joseph was a ghost. And I really wanted Joseph to be the surprise villain at the end because they they were fighting plant things and they that they were in the they were in the um Creating the greenhouse, this arboretum greenhouse part, this like glassed in area. And they were like, This is where we're gonna have our last place. And like, Okay, whatever, you're gonna fight plant things. So, uh, they had just finished fighting these like really nasty, like living topiaries. And they had them down and like, Okay, we're fine, we survived, we got it. Like, there's no way she's gonna throw more crap at us. And Joseph comes in, just you guys did so good, unfortunately.
0: Now you got to die.
1: Now
0: you're gonna die. Nice. So, Caleb, have you ever used ghosts in other games, D and D specifically, but uh, any other encounters that you've used ghosts for?
3: No, I don't. I don't remember using ghosts. Uh, it's funny, really, I was thinking of what I would tell about if I was doing the used book and it was a campaign which uh, sort of ended in the Shadowfell. But no, no ghosts. Uh, j- just. Uh, want to say I really like the idea that you the ghost has been there for a while and people didn't know it was a ghost. So if I was playing with ghosts, I, I like the idea of sticking around in a place and you run into them and you have just conversations and, and PCs and as long as nobody touches them, there might be something weird and creepy. Uh, you know, it's really like the, um, the, the hunting of Hill House. Mm. <laughs> and my, my, uh, my favorite character, I think the, the real hero of the, uh, hunting on Hill House, most terrifying creature is the, the clock repairman. Mm. <laughs> apparently he's a ghost, but he doesn't do anything. And apparently his big feat is that nobody noticed that he was hanging out there and doing his thing. And it's so benign that nobody thought, Oh, it's a ghost. But I really like uh, the idea of, taking your house there are repairs going on and players interact with workers or whatever and there are maybe clues and foreshadowing of different things that some of them are ghosts but they they only find out much later and uh, i don't know yeah i like this kind of surprises uh, and twists
0: spoilers for six (laughs) cents but bruce wallace was dead the whole time um so, short Man Ian also mentioned that ghosts have the ability that they can cause the PCs to age. I think like you can go through them and cause them to basically oh, age. That's um, cool, cool. again, you can basically cause <laughs> people to die from natural causes by hanging out with them. Um, I've used ghosts a few times. Actually, the Monster of the Week game I ran last night, the, the main bad guy was a ghost. I fully use supernatural rules. So, if you burn salt and burn the body, it will cause the ghost to go away, uh, regardless of whatever you know D and D type ways you have to solve it uh, but one of the ways I can remember fairly recently well not fairly recently but fairly vividly uh, is I used an encounter where there was a ghost that was trapped in an underground, it wasn't like a dungeon but essentially for D&D purposes it was a dungeon because uh, it was an enclosed space underground, it was like a temple that had been swallowed and covered by, by dirt um, and they weren't able to leave unless they hitched a ride th- with a person so the, whole, the encounter was trying to convince one of the PC's who let the ghost inhabit their body in order for the ghost to get a ride out. And in exchange, the ghost was going to tell them things like, I'll tell you which doors you can go through, where the traps are, where the monsters are in exchange for getting a ride out. Um, ah. so, so there's a role play scene to try to figure that out. And then the ghost didn't want to leave the body when they actually did get out. So then there was a fight for control. And then the other players had to like beat up their friend, make them almost die to make the ghost expelled, but not actually kill their friend. So, that's probably the most, like the top of mind use I've, I've had for a ghost. I
3: remember a ghost now I used. Uh, <laughs> the reason I did not remember is because the context was very different. I use Red Jack from uh, Star Trek. So I run a Starfleet Academy campaign. So for the, the people who are not familiar with uh, the original series, Red Jack is an alien entity, ghostish, uh, but that entity was Jack the Ripper. So that's the idea. And uh, my idea was that it was, because it was Starfleet Academy, I didn't want it to make it too violent. So it it was a remnant of it, but it fed on negative uh, ideas, uh, feelings. So it would start by uh, just possessing people into making pranks, you know, on the Starfleet. Academy campus was quite appropriate it was a sort of the the it was just before a sort of a homecoming finger city of dance and so but the the pranks would become meaner and meaner and start to become creepy as he became powerful and he would leave clues and uh, and the big reveal with the player was quite cool when uh they found a letter and i I took back the signature from a historic you know, uh, whether or not Jack the Ripper existed is up to debate, but we do have, uh, those letters. So we had the same signature and then ran it into the computer and said, Oh, this is identified as belonging to Jack the Ripper. So the players were already like, whoa, that's it. Uh, and the computer started listing list of victims, uh, London this year. Shanghai this year and then this planet this year and my player was not familiar with star trek the original series so they were yeah. like completely mind blown <laughs> what is going on jack the ripper went to space <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah the, the final scene was quite cool with the, the whole point was to find out he could not possess different people so uh yeah the, the player had to find out who was the possessed person among them, so it ended up, they were in these, I don't know how you call that in English, but, you know, uh, housing frat house, uh, mixed frat house, and they had to work out, the, the frat house was locked quarantine, and that worked out. Who among the NPCs had Jack the Ripper within them, and it was all about yeah, faking out um, uh, Jack the Ripper, faking out being stabbed, so he would be taken away Ah. Teleportation in the hospital, but I put the pressure so that the, the players were very panicked. Say, okay, this is serious. This is a very serious world. She needs to go to medbay. And we're, okay, uh, okay, we're gonna have her teleported. And just before they teleported her, no, oh, actually, no, they did teleport her. <laughs> and then they realized, and then they call medbay. And I said, you just hear a few screams. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. said, uh, oh <laughs> nice.
0: Uh, guys. That's uh,
2: fantastic.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, very, very cool. I, you know, I just uh, I, I love tying in somewhat realistic, and then the the lore of Star Trek. If you know it, it's like a bonus. But if you don't, it's still a cool encounter and it still is interesting. Um, I do like the idea of having a ghost is more like an NPC, similar to how Susanna used um, the caretaker, but maybe like the thieves guild. Like maybe the thief, master thief is a ghost. They can't leave their lair, but they still want you know they still control people and send out people and bring people okay. stuff and um that could be just a, kind of a cool um npc like they've been around for a very long time what do they know how do they know it and then obviously they're a ghost if anyone does tried to fight them you know kind of hard to do um mm-hmm. you think of any other like like non-traditional hit it with a sword ways that we can use a ghost I mean, we already had some but any others coming to mind
1: so, I was just thinking, uh, when you were talking about like, uh, like useful NPCs, um, not an NPC, but have you guys listened to, um, the Adventure Zone Dust? Nope. One of the characters in there was a ghost. And he had these like really cool, like different abilities that he could do. Like he could be seen, heard, or felt or something like that. I can't remember. It's been such a long time since I've seen it, but he could only do two at once. So, he could be like <laughs> seen or heard and seen and that kind of thing. But it was it was really fun uh, way to like you could actually like make your character mm-hmm. if you wanted to like you could make your ca- whole character a ghost. I was I was thinking about it because I was thinking about like it's not a ghost, but like I'm listening to uh, the Quest Company right now, and they have a skeleton in their group, and I was like, oh, that's not quite a ghost. And then I thought about this one I was like, yeah, so like you could actually like use a ghost as your own character, and that would be super cool. Okay,
0: that is cool. Completely unrelated, but it made me think of this. I saw a cartoon, like a like a, script cartoon, not an animated cartoon, um, mm-hmm. of two skeletons, and they look over and they see like an adventurer in a dungeon. They look at each other, and they run over and they kill the guy, and they rip his skeleton out, and the skeleton's like, thanks guys, I was trapped.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that.
0: Awesome. All right, so uh, for anyone, again, listening now or in the future, if you've ever used a ghost in a way that you think is interesting, uh, please let us know. Hit us up in the comments of this episode. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and let us know about it. Uh, we're going to wrap things up, but we like to do a few moments of question and answer. So there's a bit of a delay, so while we're waiting for anyone in the audience who might want to ask any questions. And, again, it can be related to D&D or not. It can be for any of us, but ideally for all of us. Uh, Susanna, one more time, who are you? Where can people find your work on the Internet? Where can they go listen to your show?
1: Yeah. So I'm Susanna. I'm the keeper of the Thornvale podcast. It's a actual play Monster of the Week, uh, set in a small island town in, uh, off the coast of Florida, uh, where three monster people, uh, or, th- or three monster hunters, uh, try to protect this small town and, um, get their butts, can't doing it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. And again, so where can they find that show? Is it uh, Spotify, iTunes? Yeah, so you can iTunes. Find it pretty
1: much anywhere. If you search Thornvale, it's uh, T-H-O-R-N-V-A-L-E. Yeah.
2: Thornvale. Excellent.
0: And it's fairly new show. There's not that many episodes. Pretty easy yep. to binge and catch up. Our 12th
1: episode is coming out on Friday.
0: Friday, and, the 5th, uh, I hear. There. No. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Actually, it's the 12th, which is great because it's our 12th episode. Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm
0: not good at math, guys. (laughs) All right, Caleb, again, for anybody who wants to find your stuff, we're going to get a hold of you.
3: Well, uh, I'm available on uh, iTunes, on Podchaser, any podcasting platform you will find, the Rollist podcast. So, the Rollist, so it's D, like in English, uh, the the English article. And Rollist, which means role player in French, is R-O-L-I-S-T-E-S and uh yeah podcast and uh, yeah you can you can find us there uh please come see me uh i started the rollies vlogcast recently which is not as well produced i posted it on youtube but uh, actually i created on tiktok so i started doing tiktoks uh recently which is interesting <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i blame senda from she's a super geek that's her fault if i'm doing tiktok stuff speaking of senda I would be super, super thankful to anyone listening to this and going right away to vote for She's a Super Geek for the Annie Awards uh, because I think they, it's overdue to get a gold Annie for this amazing show about
0: one-shots and ladies as game masters.
1: Can you post the link in the, in the chat so we can see it?
0: Yep. Uh, I I think they're disabled though, so it probably won't actually be an actual link. But if you just take the dot out, then people can get there themselves. Yeah. So, um, so as for myself, obviously the RPG Academy. Everywhere you search, if you find anything, it's probably me. If you search RPG Academy, it's not me. Let me know because then I gotta go talk to somebody. Um, so, short Man Ian asked about a catacon line. You see, everybody excited. Uh, I am, but at the same time, I'm I'm disappointed that we haven't had as much turnout this year it seems like i don't i don't know what's different i don't know if we picked a bad weekend i don't know what the case is but we seem to have less turnout this year than we had last year even though we've done a much better job or tom has done a much better job promoting it uh so excited for the panels but both of the games i planned on running neither one of them are actually going to run at this point uh so that's disappointing yes susanna what's that so we run a convention every year called a Catacon. Oh, that's fun. And I kind of conline is our virtual online convention that we do about halfway through. So, so this coming weekend, uh, we basically have a bunch of DMS that are volunteering to run games over the internet. They're all free to play. Uh, we do ask if anyone has fun If they want to donate, they can, but there's no expectation that they will. Uh, and we also have a bunch of panels that we're doing this year. Caleb's running one on gaming in the UK. I'm doing one on DMing. We got a panel on world building. We got a panel on being a good player, Uh, So we've got a bunch of different podcasting personalities. We're going to do the panels over Twitch, and then they'll be archived on YouTube and on the uh, audio-only feed.
3: Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I think there's QCC on that weekend. But, you know, on one hand, we don't have a great turnout in terms of players. But like last year, we got a great turnout in terms of Game Masters. So last year already I had to cancel my table because I didn't have uh, enough players. So this year I had two, then one. So uh, my cat tulu is not happening. So I, yeah. I did see,
0: though, just yesterday somebody got four tickets. So somebody jumped into some games yesterday. And I think actually Ian, both of his games are almost full. So good job, Ian. So thank you. He's running some games for us as well. So his are going. And then I also think the uh, Calvin's fantasy version of masks the um like the old cartoon from the 80s with the cars um he's got a full table now or, or he's got enough yes. to play uh, yes. which actually that's the game i would jump into play but i can't uh because i have something going on that morning. so course um so one question we usually ask everybody suzanne so i'll ask you this um and i scale i don't think i've asked you before if you were a uh, action figure what three items would come in the packaging with your action figure or what three accessories would be in your package.
1: So this is like me, like my person figure. Yep. Yeah. Uh probably a microphone, a computer, and a wall for me to beat my head against. Um <laughs> that's not serious. Uh probably a cat. Like I could have one of my cats. Perfect. I cool. I have two little ginger kitties. I'm really surprised one of them hasn't, like, walked on the back of my couch. (laughs) Like, I I had one lay down with me for a little while. If you saw me, like, staring at something, like, off to the left, it was was because, right, it was was because I I had a cat, and I wanted to pet it. I
0: I love kitty cats. All right, so, Caleb, I can't remember if I've ever asked you the question, but you can go ahead and answer it. If you were an action figure, what what would be your three accessories that come in your package?
3: Well, quite simply, I would have my faithful i don't have it here zoom h4n uh recorder with its microphones for sure because uh, i go everywhere with it on conventions etc
1: i got so, you covered dude
3: yeah <laughs> uh yeah nice it's such a great piece of equipment i got a slightly older version but yeah it's awesome piece of equipment it does. i would have probably a little backpack but which is. Uh, to put the zoom in it and uh, my uh, my kick scooter which i used to go uh, everywhere around the uh, london which is not electric people keep asking me that <laughs> it's electric then no no i just use my feet
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh nice all right so Ian actually asked Susanna, um do you research any local florida legends or and or mysteries for inspiration for the game that you play
1: uh not exactly the first one is kind of florida inspired um the the second one is a native american inspired uh monster but i don't want to spoil or no the third one is but that those episodes aren't even out yet so i can't <laughs> say anything about those but um the the first one i made it one of the i'll just tell you what it is because it like they figure it out like instantaneously what it is the second one was a lot harder for him but um the the first monster it was a giant alligator And I did it because when I was telling my players, like, where we were going to be setting, it's like one of them made an offhand comment. It's like, oh, you know what? I want to, I want to fight like a giant alligator. (laughs) Like in Florida, and they're in the swamps. We should fight a giant alligator. And I'm like, okay.
0: Careful what you wish for.
1: So, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't usually, um, research specific monsters to Florida because, uh, the way, the way my world works is that, um, there, there's basically like, there's, Uh, There's these rifts that open up and they're connected to this other world uh, where they're monsters, kind of like the upside down, um, but with many, many, many more monsters. Um, And so areas, certain areas of the world are just like hotbeds for this. And this this little town, Thornvale, is one of them. And um, so these monsters can come from anywhere. Like there are certain areas where monsters are more likely to visit just because they like it. So like there's certain like monsters that are like, you know, they're like specifically english monsters or like specifically german monsters, but these I like pulling monsters from anywhere. So my players like fighting different kinds of monsters, so I like I like to provide them different kind of monsters.
2: Yeah,
3: right. Well,
0: uh, any New french
3: York- monster? <laughs> What's that? You get any french
0: monster? Oh, he, yeah, french bro. monsters.
1: I've <laughs> not had a french monster. We have had a um, a gator, which is, I guess, an American monster. We had a Celtic monster and we had a uh, Native American inspired monster. And then um, the two monsters that I have so far for my upcoming Twitch show that I'm going to be playing with other people so far, I have a an Irish monster and a uh, an Indian, like the, the country India monster that's inspired from there. So,
3: Did they ever enter a bar together? say so what did the irish monster and the english monster enter the bar at some point
1: <laughs> it's funny because they the in the irish uh campaign i guess the the setting that i have most of the action is supposed to take place in a bar <laughs> nice
0: excellent all right. Well, thank you both once again. Thank you to those listening and chatting with us, Shortman Ian and the York Tater. Always a pleasure to have you folks in with us. It always makes the show just for me. It seems like it's more fun when people are chatting to each other and asking these questions. So thank you uh, for that. Um, my last plug is go listen to Dark Discovery. We are releasing what used to be our patron only actual play. It's a fifth edition actual play. Uh, I'm very proud of it. I think it is one of the best things that we've ever done. And there's a lot of really cool stuff like experimental DMing that I was doing, Uh, the the episode that just came out uh, this week, episode four, uh, I start with a cold open like in a TV show that's a flash forward, but I didn't tell the players what was going on. I just started describing where they were. And then once we got to a cutting point, I stopped it. And then we had to figure out how to get back there and this was all just improv. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it worked. You can listen. And you tell me if, if you think it did. But uh, I think Dark Discovery is a great show. Uh, I'm hoping more people will listen to it. And the, the goal is that we are going to start a new campaign right around the time that this one ends. So, all right. So, with that, we will give everybody the awkward wave out as I look for the button to turn everything off. So, thank you both for joining me. Thank you in chat. And we'll see you next time. Bye bye.